Meet Gail. Her thing is being a supermom. And supermom has a lot on her supersized plate. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am so excited that you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, today you're listening to episode number 153, and my guest is Latoria Wilson. Latoria and I met this past spring at the Sparrow Conference, which is in Dallas every year, where we were honored to share a stage together. I knew immediately that I wanted to have her on the show and introduce her to you guys. Latoria is a rapper who lives in Dallas, and I cannot tell you how important this conversation today that we had, how important it is, especially in the light of everything that unfolded this weekend in Virginia. Latoria and I have a very candid conversation about race, our journey with race, and what it is like to be a black woman in America. I want to encourage you all to listen and take it in, to just listen. Her story and her words are so very valuable. And ladies, those of us that are not women of color, they are very important for us to listen to. At the end of our conversation, she gives me some great advice on raising my daughter's story. And I think that any parents out there are going to benefit from this advice as well. Guys, I want to encourage you to go find Latoria on Instagram. Her handle on Instagram is at Latoria Music. While you're there, look me up and let's be friends at Jamie Ivy. Also, guys, if this is your first time to listen, welcome. I am so glad you're here, and I hope you go back and listen to lots more happy hours. But if you've been listening forever, I want to ask a favor of you. Guys, if you're loving the show and you have never left a rating or review over on iTunes, I'm going to ask that you do that this week. I know you might hear us podcasters talking about ratings and reviews and think it's no biggie, but for real, it is. It helps other people find our show. So I'm going to do exactly what I'm asking you to do, and I'm going to go read a review over at the podcast that actually Latoria introduced me to at the end of this show, and I have been listening to it ever since she told me about it. I'm going to leave them a rating or review. And guys, would you do that for me? I want to thank you guys who have done that already. Some of the most recent reviews are so kind. Rebecca said, hands down a favorite. Love the guests, Jamie, and the open and honest conversations. I love the Jesus spiritual aspect. And that real life stories are told and things aren't watered down. It makes me feel less alone in my often very messy yet looking for redemption life. Rebecca, that's my life as well. And then Harold Lovebird said, this is by far my favorite podcast. I'm currently benching on the entire collection and I'm on episode 91. You got so many more to go. I'm already dreading when I get caught up. I'm behind on all my other podcasts because I can't stop listening to this one. It's the perfect balance of wisdom, encouragement, humor, and fun. Great job, Jamie. Oh, that's so kind. So guys, will you go leave a rating or review? Not to say kind words about me, but to help other people find the show. Okay, guys. Also, oh, oh, you need to know this. Stick around to the end of the show because Latori is sharing some of her music with us. This might be the first time we've done this. So stick around. We're going to play some of her music at the end. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Latoria Wilson. Latoria, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, Jamie. It's fun to have you here. And if we were to like meet, because you're in Dallas, right? I am. Mm-hmm. We could like meet in the middle, Waco, and have a real happy hour. Oh, that's true. Because you're in Austin, right? I'm in Austin. Yeah. So yeah, just down the road. I know. Welcome so much to the happy hour. I am so glad that you are getting to come on to the show. I met you, um, I guess it was this past spring at the Sparrow Conference. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I I knew a small bit about the conference, and when I got invited to come do some stuff with them, it was like a it was a yes, no matter what, because I was so just excited to be a part of what they were doing. Sure. And then I was there, and I know that these are your people who put this on, so I'm just mm-hmm. going to brag about them to you real quick. <laughs> uh, I was so impressed with the conference, so impressed. I mean, I loved the content, I loved the message, I loved the people on the stage, I loved. Uh, the people who showed up. I, I I just really liked it. So kudos to your friends for doing such a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to to Rachel Joy. She's That's kind right. of the mastermind. She is. Behind it all. She mm-hmm. is. Um, okay, so for people who don't know you, tell us a yeah. little bit about 
who you are real quick and then we'll jump in. Sure. So my name is Latoria. I am born and raised Dallas, Texas. I am a Christian hip hop soul artist, media personality. I do some acting, some modeling, just kind of all things, the arts, you know, so to speak. Love Jesus, love people. And I try to live my life out in a way that reflects the father and, and impacts hearts and minds. I want to be you when I grow up. You sound like that's <laughs> awesome. Like Christian hip hop artist, please sign me up. <laughs> um, oh, that's actress? not as glamorous like... as it sounds, JP. I promise you that. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to start with a lot of places that you just said, but let's start there. Christian okay. hip hop artists, like, sure. where did this come from? When did you find out you had a talent? Did anyone hmm. ever say this is a dumb job? Like, what did, what did that look like for you, that journey? Yeah, so I grew up in a household where our parents kind of exposed us to all different types of music. Christian household, but, you know, they let us kind of hear a little bit of everything. And I absolutely fell in love with hip hop at a very early age, but I didn't see any examples of it on the Christian side so much. And so it was kind of like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, man, that's so cool. One day I want to do that. Uh -huh. And, you know, for some kids, there's like 25 different things that they feel that way about, right? Yeah. But for me, that was always like secretively, like one thing that's like, man, if I could make music, like if I can make hip hop music, but it'd be about Jesus, that would be the dopest thing ever. But okay. I never saw any examples. So it was just kind of like, okay, okay. Well, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, can I Whatever. ask you this though? Did, did sure. you always want to make music about Jesus? Because mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, that's amazing, but I feel like sometimes I feel like the alternative would have just been like, well, I'll just do whatever. Right. But you were right. always like, no, about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even explain why that was. I can just remember, I think I might've been like in the fourth grade and at an early age decided that I wanted Jesus to come into my heart and into my life. And so I was about him even at an early age, but I was also absolutely about hip hop. Yeah. So for whatever reason, those two just combined and I just counted God's sovereignty and him wiring me, you know, for a reason mm. that way. And it wasn't, I actually started pursuing a career in basketball because that was something that was tangible for me and, you know, getting a scholarship in a household with five kids was kind of important. Yeah. So I always still was a lover of music. But it wasn't until towards the end of my college career that I actually started pursuing music. Mm. So it was kind of something that came back full circle for me into yeah. adulthood. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what year did you graduate high school? I'm going to see how old me, you and I are. I graduated from high school in 2001. Okay, so not that I'm a, I'm a 96 graduate from high school, so not that okay. far after me. So when you say you grew up loving hip-hop, what did you uh -huh. love? So I can remember the, the, the moment that I fell in love with hip-hop. Oh, I, was, I can't wait. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I feel like I was maybe in the third or fourth grade and MTV was on. It was just kind of randomly on. Uh -huh. And there was this show that used to come on called Yo MTV Raps. Uh -huh. And Queen Latifah was on there. Like during her early stages, uh -huh. she was just like killing it. And I was captivated. And it was in that moment, like, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I love it. <laughs> I want to be Queen Latifah when I grow up. Literally, yes. Because it was just you know, like her stature and her countenance. And she was promoting, you know, non-verbally self-worth. And she wasn't about being a sex symbol. It was all about her craft, mm. you know, and she commanded it. It was so many different things about who she portrayed, what she portrayed that I fell in love with and resonated with me being mm. a young African-American girl. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to like point out the obvious is <laughs> that there probably were not many women that you could have looked up to in that role in hip hop, were there? I mean, I, I, oh. don't, I don't think there are now. And I would guess that there weren't then. Oh, my gracious. No. There's always been a, a, a shortage. There's always been. <laughs> it's, it's definitely always been a very male dominated field and, and kind of lane and art form. So did that ever discourage you? Um, it can be discouraging even now sometimes, but the Lord has kind of helped me reshape my perspective to see it as an advantage and as an opportunity to take people by surprise. Uh, okay. So you saw this at an early, early age and like, this is what I want to do, but there probably wasn't much of an outlet for you to do it other than just kind of recreational for a long time. Right? Well, so basically for me, what happened was I met a producer who kind of 
pull that dream back out of me. Long story short, I was towards the end of my college years, really honestly, just in a, in a super kind of like backslidden kind of state, you know, Jesus wasn't Lord of my life. He was kind of in the backseat somewhere. And I'd kind of hit rock bottom and went to this studio session with a friend of mine who was pursuing singing. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of in the corner, minding my own business, just kind of trying to be a fly on the wall. And I hadn't said two words to the producer. He turns and looks at me and he was like, do you rap? And I, it, it just kind of threw me off guard. Yeah. I hadn't said anything to him. Um, long story short, that producer started discipling me and at the same time took me under his wing and kind of showed me the ropes as far as artistry is concerned and writing and recording and all of those things. So it was just, it was totally just God's timing um, with things. And so for for the first couple of years, just to get my feet wet, I did a lot of open mics and I did a lot of outreach. Type okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So how did so. that producer know you rapped? God. That's what I'm saying. Wow. I, said it, I didn't say anything to him. That's weird. That's God. <laughs> like I, I know it totally sounds. God. Yeah. That know, is crazy. Right? Like it sounds cliche, but I have no explanation. He he didn't know me. Yeah. Like I hadn't said anything to him. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay, yeah. and so now, what does that career look like for you? So for now, what it looks like for me is I'm a few projects in. I've been able to uh, do. T I've been I've been edit for about eleven years now, and I'm still an independent artist. And it's been a pretty crazy ride. I have I have a few projects out there, you know, Spotify, iTunes, all uh -huh. of that good stuff. Um, been able to do some touring. Was able to do some stuff internationally, and. Um, it's it's crazy, Jamie, because hip hop is such a unique art form that it's allotted me the opportunity to go in all different types of venues, you know, both Christian and secular. Uh -huh. And the message that the Lord has given me is a unique one where it is. I like to say it's it's where a biblical worldview and the gospel in real life kind of collide. I love that. That's that's where my that's what my music is. And so it allows me to be really flexible. Yeah. So, so when you go into like a secular venue and, and you're mm -hmm. doing what you do, not mm -hmm. in front of a Christian audience, but you're bringing this like gospel worldview, what's your message? So I, I, I take the approach of life. I take the approach of what it looks, what it feels like to be human. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and just kind of um, the state of humanity. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So how different situations and scenarios can make you feel. And woven throughout my lyrics and my songs, you hear evidence of the Lord. You mm -hmm. hear evidence of relationship. You hear questions that are open-ended. So for me, my favorite part of those types of shows is the conversations I get to have off stage. For sure. Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. right? yeah. And so it's, I just like to look at it as the music is just bait yeah. for me to be able to go and kind of have that deeper dialogue, you Man. know, on social media, after a show, someone will hit me up and be like, Hey, what did you mean when you said this? Or, mm -hmm. you know, after a show, someone will come up and tell me their whole life story. Yeah. It's, God, it's crazy how God works in those atmospheres. You'd be surprised how many intoxicated people have just kind of <laughs> been like when I was 10, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's only because, you yeah. know, I, I don't, Truth is penetrating. Mm. And when you put it in hip hop form, it does some really crazy stuff to people. You know mm. what I mean? So I have fun with it. I love that. Have you ever uh, felt as though someone thought that your career was less than? Hmm. Yeah, actually, I, I wrestle with that pretty often when people mm. say, so what do you do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because being a Christian female hip hop artist is not something that people normally know how to digest. And, and we are, I mean, honestly, people just don't meet a lot of people that say that's their right. job. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you're right. such a minority yeah. that I would see yeah. how it'd be hard for people to understand. So uh -huh. how ha, yeah. have you come to the other side of grappling with that or is it still a struggle? I think what I've, what I've had to determine within my mind and just with the Lord's help is that people aren't going to get it. Mm. People aren't going to get it until they see it, until they hear it, until they look at a video or until they you know, see the aftermath. And I have to be okay with that. Like mm. something that the Holy Spirit put on my heart a long time ago was, you know, hey, Latoria, people didn't get me either. Mm. People slept on me. So you're my daughter and you're reflecting me. So you might as well expect that same treatment within the church walls and outside as well. Just keep doing what I told you to do. Mm. You That's know? good. That'll preach yeah. right there. Hey, you know, Jamie, some days, <laughs> friend, that is a that is an easier word than others. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. 
Well, I'm telling you, as like just a mom who's raising kids who I want them to see like every aspect of careers with people who love Jesus within them. This is, it's such a great encouragement to me as a mama to be able to port my kids towards music that glorifies Jesus and is still cool, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's my joy. It's my joy to do mm. that. Yeah. We, we were driving. I was driving the car today with my son, Amos, who's 12 mm-hmm. and um, he's black. And mm-hmm. we're listening to, I listen to podcasts all the time. It's just what I love to do. Yeah. And my kids like roll their eyes. They're like, mom, please not another podcast. <laughs> but we were listening to a podcast and um, I don't know if you know that they have the show out. Propaganda and his wife have a show out. No, I didn't know that. It's called really? The, uh-huh. It's called the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda uh-huh. and Alma. And my kids love Propaganda. Uh-huh. And we were listening and Amos was listening because he likes him, you know? And so uh-huh. he's like, listen, he didn't roll his eyes at me. And he looked at me and he's like, mom, I hope I get to meet Propaganda one day. And I was like, and that just made me think like, man, I'm so thankful for people who love Jesus yeah. and, and do things outside of the box that I can yes. point my kids to. So kudos to you. Thanks for doing what you do. Oh, my, my pleasure. Um, okay, God. so you played college basketball. I did. Where'd you play? I did. So I got a scholarship to Stephen F. Austin. Uh-huh, Lumberjacks. Is, yes, yes. But then the coach that I signed under resigned. Oh, man. Yeah, so long story short, I went down to a JUCO level so that I could continue to play. Uh-huh. And there was a mix-up with the scholarship that I was supposed to get. And so I kind of feel like I got robbed from continuing my career, but... In hindsight, I know that it was God closing that door and shifting me Uh into the lane that I have landed in now. So you're telling me when someone gets a scholarship to a school and then the coach leaves, so the coach is the one that recruited you, everything's (laughs) off the table? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was my choice to leave. Gotcha. No, it wasn't that. Yeah, I still had, it was still, it was a full ride. It was just my choice. At that point, to yeah, leave, I but, thought, oh my yeah. good gracious, that is no, not no, no. <laughs> all kinds of issues with college sports. I was just going to add that to the list right there. Right, right. No, oh my gosh, that's oh. definitely not it. <laughs> you guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it, whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything 
but dwell on it. That is why dwell was created because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Um, okay. Hey, can I go like a little deep with you for a second? Go. Let's go. Let's go. I, I, this is not going to be a political conversation because I don't do politics on a happy hour. Okay. But I want to know from a person who loves Jesus and is black, how was last year for you in America? Uh, really rough. Really, really rough, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, that's a, that's a loaded question. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, Jamie, you don't do politics. You don't do politics. And I don't want it to be political at all. But I know it's hard to go there. Uh, but I just know that I've heard from so many of my um, sisters in Christ who are uh, women of color that they just felt so defeated last year. And so I guess without being political, and now I'm like backtracking here, but- It's okay. I can answer the question without being political. There we go. Let's do it. But I do feelings and I do like life, so- Absolutely. I'm here for that, Jamie. Okay, let's do it. So for me, it was a very hard year or a very, it's it's been a, a, it's been a hard couple of years, to be honest. And I've just found myself in a space of lamenting And I've found myself in a space of really trying to uh, seek the Lord for for solutions, for answers, for what I individually can be and should be doing with the reality that I live to engage others that are in a similar mental and emotional space that I'm in. Mm -hmm. As a believer, now all of this I'm talking about from the perspective of a believer, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. So to engage and and be a voice for you know those that are in a similar position, people, women of color, people of color, right? Mm-hmm. But also to engage those who aren't people of color. Mm-hmm. So our white brothers and sisters, just to engage and 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 bring up conversations because I feel like this is how I feel, Jamie. Okay, I feel bring like it. <laughs> if, <laughs> I feel like if just the church, <laughs> mm-hmm. if just the body of Christ would really wake up and tap into what is going on in the earth and and take up their responsibility as believers mm-hmm. that the world would be a different place like yeah. i feel like it's our responsibility to be championing how to respond to what's happening in the earth mm. and i don't think i think i feel like the church big c is doing a poor job at that right mm-hmm. now yeah. And, you know, there are there are layers and, and various degrees of, of reasons as to why. So my thing is, what is Latoria doing? Mm-hmm. I can't look at everybody else. Yeah. I can't worry about what everybody else is doing. I can't point the finger. I can't do any of that other than be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is compelling me to do to be a part of the solution. Mm. Yeah. But the, the struggle with that is, you know, for me and probably a lot of women of color, We have to live in the country that we live in, the world we live in, in the state where things are, where a lot of times the day to day struggles and frustrations and, you know, disrespect and and being overlooked and and not considered all of these things that emotionally can affect and impact us Mm -hmm. are things that aren't always readily at the forefront of everybody's mind. So we're dealing with those things. In addition to just trying to trying to live, in addition to trying to be the believers that we know we should be. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a lot to carry. It's, it's a, a lot. lot to, yeah. And, you yeah. know, I'm glad you explained it like that because, you, you know, I'm white. That's, you know, no surprise if you've seen my picture. <laughs> I'm white, but I have like children. And so I've yes. said on here hundreds of times. And last right. month we had a, com- a great conversation with Virginia that I encourage everyone to listen to about kind of the same subject. But. I say it all the time. This conversation matters a lot to me because I have black children. Sure. Now, 
I pray to God that it would still matter to me. But mm-hmm. about a couple of years ago, when I first started in the racial reconciliation group that I was with, with Tasha Morrison, mm-hmm. I confess that I don't know that it would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so when you just say, when you explained it like that, that you say, we're dealing with this on top of just life. Mm-hmm. It's just an added layer that people who aren't people of color don't understand and don't have to yeah. deal with. And so yeah. what I always want to encourage is I want to encourage if, if people are listening and they don't know that struggle and they don't know mm-hmm. it because they've never had to know it, you know, right. it's called right. privilege. If they've been privileged and they don't know it, the thing I want people to know is just to hear it and trust it and believe it. Yeah. That's like, that's a big thing for me is like, I, I'm tired of people saying it, it can't be that bad. Right. Right. And so I just encourage people who aren't people of color that are listening to go, you know what? My sister in Christ, Latoria, is saying this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to doubt it. I'm going to believe it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I think that's when the conversation can start, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think and have been thinking for years very deeply on these things, Jamie. And and I'm still just thinking and praying and I write my thoughts out and, you know, ask the Lord to just kind of show me how to navigate through some of these realities, right? So one of the things that I'm kind of chewing on, but I don't mind sharing it is, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that we don't wrestle against just flesh and blood, right? Mm, Like, mm -hmm. so some of these things that we are experiencing are spiritual. Mm. And one of the things that, that I'm still kind of navigating through is how much of the systems that have been set in place in this country are spiritual. How much of those things are set up so that white people can't see it? Mm. Explain that for me just a little bit. Yeah. So so I think there is a there's a common thread in a lot of the dialogues that I have where, you know, a white person can go their whole life without ever knowing that they're privileged. Right. They could go their whole life without ever really getting that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. They could go their whole life, you know, just believing that, you know, I'm a Christian and everybody in America should, you know, be happy because we're all, we have equal opportunity and, Mm -hmm. you know, you pursue the American dream and everybody has an equal chance to do that. Right. Right. So the question, I don't have the answer. It's something that I'm pondering on. Is that a spiritual blockage? Mm. Is that system, that bubble that allows the white person to live in this reality that everything is okay? Is that spiritual? Mm. It's a question. It's something to think about because it's like we understand the history, you know, and as to how we've gotten to this place. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think that there are thought processes and beliefs that are kind of handed down. And I feel like those things are spiritual. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of what I'm saying is like there's this invisible idea bubble, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. that a lot of white people live in where they are not really in tune with the reality of what's happening in the earth. Mm. The reality of what's happening in the land that we live in is it's an alternate reality for a lot of them. So you're saying like this battle is bigger than what we can even see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And which, you know, would make sense. You know what I mean? Like there's systems that have been set in place to set certain individuals up to not see it. That's why when you bring it up, they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Wouldn't that just be one of the greatest deceiving things that the enemy could do for the church, the big church? Yes. It's to divide that way. Could you imagine, Jamie, what the world would be like if we, the big church, see really loved and understood and cared for each other like we were for real brothers and sisters? Yeah. It would be... Like the, the, just the group that I'm in with these women, you know, where our focus is kind of racial reconciliation, there is a supernatural just thickness in that room. Mm -hmm. The love and the grace that exists when we come together is really hard to describe. Mm. And I could just imagine if the big church C really operated in that kind of realm, it would Mm -hmm. be crazy. That kind of just gave me the chills. (laughs) Like, you know, like just thinking about that seems so crazy. You know, it just gave me the yeah. chills. It just, I mean, oh my gosh. I, I, I recently, this is, this is going to seem unrelated, but let me, give, give me just a second. I recently uh-huh. went on a safari in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And as I'm riding around in that truck and I'm looking around at all the animals and they're just doing their thing, you know, like mm-hmm. we're in mm-hmm. their world, right? They're just, yeah. they're, they don't. We're not bothering them. They don't know we're there. They're doing what they do every day and it's peaceful and it's beautiful. Mm. And I thought to myself, man, I literally did think, man, one day, God, you're going to come and you're going to make this place all new again. Mm. And, and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to feel to me kind of how I imagined feeling right there in that safari in Kenya of just like, it just, people were where they're supposed to be. It was like people were working how they were supposed to work. And it was, it just felt right for a split second. 
And I sometimes can't even like our, my brain doesn't have the space to imagine that new world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And, and, and that goes along with what you're talking about. This, the war, the spiritual warfare and stuff is that I don't mm-hmm. even think that we even understand what it could be. Ugh. We, I think we only will just get glimpses of it. When it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you talk about with your girls, you know, you're yes. like, it's this humanity glimpse into what we have coming oh in the future. Gosh. So tell me about your group. Sure. So it is eight women, four African-American women and four white women. All of us uh, originally were members at the Village Church. I'm a member at the Village Church. And so we just came together. Actually, we just had our kind of like two year reunion kind of dinner two nights ago. And we came together really just with the idea in mind that, you know, change is going to start with us. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to sit across from the table from one another and really just comb through the issue of race Mm -hmm. as believers, as women of God. You know what I mean? And um, I think the intention was to grow as sisters in Christ with people that aren't like you. And so None of us are alike. You know what I mean? Like the four mm-hmm. black women, we are all very different black women. You know what I are mean? there any other hip hop artists? No. Yeah, you're <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> it can be a lonely road out here. Yeah, James. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and so we weren't complete strangers. I do need to say that, we, you know, most of us kind of knew each other and had, you know, there were various degrees of relationship. And so when we came together, there was already a certain level of humility, already a certain level of grace, already a certain level of trust and love that was in the room from jump. And we just graciously, graciously, slowly, prayerfully started talking about the hard issues. And it's become such a blessing for me and I'm sure for all the other women to be able to just walk and do life and have really raw and honest dialogue with one another through these things. And and I know without a shadow of a doubt that all of us are more mature believers and better women as a result of entering into that hard, sticky, mm. vulnerable space. Yeah. You know, it it is a hard space to go in. What kind of feelings does it bring up in you when you feel as though you're sitting across the table from someone who's white and they listen? Um... I, have mi- I, I usually have mixed emotions. And so the primary feeling is, is usually gratitude. Mm-hmm. A thought that crosses my mind often is, man, Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's no joke. Is <laughs> real family. And, and it's like, you know, me sitting across from you and hearing your heart and you, sh- you know, and, and me sharing mine and there and no fights have broken out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two years in, no fights. I like it. Okay. In and we're those are my sisters, yeah. man. Yeah. So I will say that the reality of kind of what we were talking about of just that that privilege to not know some of the realities that women of color know, it can be disheartening, honestly. It can mm-hmm. be frustrating. And it's and it's not towards those women. It's For just I know that they represent a whole slew of other people who are kind of in that same space mm-hmm. who aren't having these conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that can get heavy, Jamie. Mm, it it yeah. can get real heavy, you know, just going, you know, living day to day. And for me, like, I still have a part-time corporate gig that I do and, and being, you know, one of the few people of color there and just some of the things that you hear in the world where people don't consider their privilege or another perspective other than their own, it, it can get pretty heavy, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like anytime, and and I by no means am related any of this to growing up black in America, but I can feel like anytime you're the minority and whatever it is, it can feel that way sometimes. Like, you know, sometimes we feel that way as women or sometimes as an adoptive mom, I might feel that way. And so in the smallest scale possible, have I understand some of that through adoption mm. um, with just the lack of understanding, yeah, if that makes sense. With sometimes people saying things that are, foolish or insensitive about adoption. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it comes down, and I don't know if that you would agree with this, with race stuff as well. A lot of times it comes down, you, you just you just don't know and no one's told you and it's just right. ignorance, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so for me, when I was first an adoptive mom, I was, I was very, very like on guard and like very harsh and pushback. 
And now I look at things more like, man, I want to tell you so you don't ever say that again. Like yes. I, in the kindness of my heart, I want you to know that that's not okay. Absolutely, Jamie. Yeah. I, land, yeah. I land in the exact same space. By God's grace. Exactly. 100%. Yes. <laughs> only by God's grace. 100%. Like, you know, shame on me if I let you in my presence say something crazy or mm-hmm. say something that's hurtful or disrespectful and I don't bring that to your attention, then you're not. Yeah. And I want to know. I mean, I've had... Um, I remember when I, my, one of my best girlfriends, um, her daughter has special needs mm-hmm. and, and just learning the correct verbiage to talk about her daughter and her disabilities. I'm so thankful that she told me, you know, yes. I yes. don't want to be walking around saying insensitive things. So right. me either. Mm. Well, <laughs> you know, I think w- what happens usually when we have these discussions about anything that someone might be listening and think, man, I wish I could, I wish I could be a part of some, you know, like that. I'm going to put a link, uh, I don't know if you know about Be the Bridge. I do. Okay, yeah. So I think that might be the best place for us to send people. So absolutely, I'll send people there. My friend Tasha has done a phenomenal job with starting that, and so yeah. she's shout been on the sh- shout out to Tasha. She's been on the show before too, so y'all can go back and listen. But I'll send you there. Be the Bridge. They're expanding so much. They create exactly what you and your friends created, and so mm-hmm. it's beautiful and it's hard. And I and think it's, it's needed. just it's yeah, so it's needed. needed. Yeah. Like if you're a believer and you're not pursuing a space like that, I would just challenge you, get on it, man, because right. that's that's part of being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, it's so Your good. Your peers and, you know, people watching you need to see you doing it. I love it. Okay, guys, I know you're loving the show so very much, but I also want to thank our sponsors who make the shows happen. Guys, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. You simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, friends, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. Okay, friends, I want to thank our second sponsor today, and that is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so that you can focus on the whole experience and not just the final plate. Here's a few things you need to know about HelloFresh. HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review every recipe to ensure that it's nutritionally balanced. I love that so much. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices, that would be me, guys, to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities so there's no food waste. All those things are things that I love. And right now, they're offering light summer meals, and they just included breakfast options. All of this, guys, for less than $10 a meal. I told you guys right now we're in football season and let me tell you what makes my life so much easier at the Ivy household is HelloFresh on my door. My delivery comes on Mondays. And then I know for three days that week, I have everything waiting for me to make a delicious meal for my kids. I love it when Aaron's out of town because he is a really good cook and I am a really bad cook. And so HelloFresh makes me be like a really good cook when he's gone. Right now, guys, HelloFresh is doing something really awesome for you guys. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code JamieIvy30. Guys, that's $30 off your first week. HelloFresh.com, enter the code JamieIvy30. Okay, guys, here is the rest of my conversation with Latoria. Okay, Mm -hmm. you grew up without a dad in the home. I did. I did. I since have connected with him and started building. But yeah, growing up, I did not have my dad. With, five, with four siblings. Yeah, well, so just to clarify, okay. my mom and my aunt came together with their children. And so mm. that's that's where the five kids came from. Okay. So yeah, my mom had two. My aunt had two. My grandmother had one after I was born. And then she passed away. 
Okay. And so that equals the five. Y'all were like the church. You're taking care of each other. Yes. Yes. We were five deep. Okay. So you grew up, you didn't have a relationship with your dad. Um, I'm going to ask a very obvious question. How did that affect your relationship with the Lord and growing up, you know, without a dad in the home? Yeah. So to be 100, that's slang for being honest. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest with you, um, I think I'm still processing that. Yeah. But I can say that it definitely shaped my view of men as, Mm -hmm. you know, well, not just that single incident, but just some of the things that I saw growing up being the oldest of five and then not having that kind of father figure, kind of protector type person around, it kind of created this kind of hesitancy and distrust in me towards men, period, unless it was like a coach or someone that was showing me Mm -hmm. characteristics that were different, right? And I think in me, it created just this sense of independence Mm -hmm. to a fault. Mm -hmm. Like you're strong and independent. You don't need anybody. Right. Uh And and I think that was shaped in me because that's what I watched the women in my life growing up do. It was like, Uh we don't have men to help us. So we have to put all these things and our babies on our backs and go get it. Go, Mm -hmm. you know, survive. You know what I mean? And so it's almost like a behavior that it's a it's a survival technique. And then once you don't need it anymore, it can hinder you. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I have been very intentional in my adulthood to, you know, single right now. Mm-hmm. Holding out hope, Jamie, <laughs> holding out hope. But um, in past relationships and stuff to communicate like, hey, I am still learning what it means to need a man. And so mm. help me because I want I want to be that I want to be mm-hmm. there. But, you know, because of my upbringing, there's some things that I kind of have to dismantle and reestablish. And um, having community, being around women that are married and, Uh you know, obviously being in the word and those kinds of things help reshape your mindset. And I'm thankful. You know, I feel like I'm on I'm in a really good space in regards to that right now. So, yeah. Is your mom still alive? You have a good relationship with her? She is. Yeah, she's one of my best friends. Oh, I love that. She warrior, you know. Does she come that. to your shows? She does. She does. She is She is my number one fan. I love my mom. Whenever I go to shows, I always imagine, like, where are the people behind the people? You know, yes. like, Erin <laughs> and I went to a show the other day, and when the lights were shining out to the audience, I, I looked around and I looked at the soundboard and they were like this older couple. And I whispered in Aaron's ear and I said, I think that's the lead singer's parents. And he's like, you do not know that. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, but look how proud they look. Like, I imagine that that's them. <laughs> like, I like to see the people behind the people. Yes, that's an interesting perspective. Babe. I know, I know. <laughs> I remember one time I was at, I used to work at a country radio station here in town. And so I was at a concert and I was backstage. So I was watching like side stage. Yeah. And I was more like into watching the wife, like proud of her husband than I was at the uh-huh. show. Like, I don't know. I just love that. <laughs> I love it so much. So I'm glad you have your mama. Has your dad been to shows? He has not been to a show yet, but he's definitely a supporter. Like, like social media, he's all about, telling people where I'm playing and what I'm going to do. Cause he, he, he doesn't live in Texas. Okay. Yeah. But yes, we're building and, and it's crazy. Just, just, um, the Lord kind of allowing him to come back into my life as an adult has really helped in tearing down some of those ways of thinking towards men. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh-huh. he's, you know, shout out to my pops, man, because he is as best as he can, like expressing to me that he wants to be a part of my mm. life. Mm. And that's a blessing. And it's not, and it's not always, that's not always the case. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what just a picture of just like, the story's not always over. You know, right. you may not have had this father figure growing up and thank goodness God brought him back into your world. And that story didn't end. Right. Absolutely. Uh, um, so I'm enjoying and just, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for being able it's to It's a blessing experience. because a lot of people don't get that coming back in. Right. Once right. it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, uh, Okay, also, and you're like, you got your nephew living with you? Well, he doesn't live with me. Okay, how old is he? But he he lives down the street from me. He is seven. He just turned seven. So he's going into first grade? Second grade. Second Second grade, moving up. Yes, the love of my life. I love that little dude so much. Really? Oh. Listen, Jamie, I was the oldest of five. (laughs) I didn't want kids. Like, I was like, I'm done being a parent. You're like, I already raised four children. Right. (laughs) I am free. And then this little dude came into my life. 
and uh, I might want a little boy now. I don't know about little girls. I know hey, let I'm me a tell girl, you. But, uh, I'll tell you this. I would take seven boys <laughs> over like two girls any day. <laughs> See, I, I had a feeling it was like that. So. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for boy, They may be loud and like rambunctious, but let me tell you, the drama, mm-hmm. I do not have time for it. Mm-mm done with it. Um, okay. I'm going to, I don't, I didn't have this in, in my plans, but I want you to give me a little bit of advice. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go. All right. I have a daughter. She's nine. Mm-hmm. We adopted her from Haiti when she was two. So she's black. Okay. What's your best advice for me in raising her to be a strong black woman who loves Jesus? Um, I think my best advice for you would be to make sure that she is exposed to examples of that. Mm. And I think it's important for her to see the work that you're doing and the intentionality that you have around the subject of racial reconciliation and how Jesus feels about that. Mm. Those are the two things that I would say, because the struggle for black women in America is we are the most overlooked, Mm. the most unprotected, the most devalued, you know, women of color. And I would venture to say African-American women are. And so if she can be in an atmosphere where the opposite of those things are being poured into her and she's seeing, you know, numerous examples of different flavors of black women of faith. And even mm-hmm. if they're not women of faith, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Women who are strong and walking right, upright and have dignity, mm-hmm. then I think that you are setting her up to understand her worth and value in a way that a lot of young black girls may not have the opportunity mm-hmm. to, you know? I don't know why, but that made me cry. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> well, it's, it's your baby girl. It's and, my baby girl. And, and I, the reality of the Black woman's plight is something yeah. that's real to you. At yeah, this yeah. And, and it is, <clears throat> I, I'll just be pretty honest and vulnerable right here. It is, but I don't think about what you just said a lot. Like, yeah. I, honestly, I don't. And that's because yeah. I don't have to, you know, there it is again. But it's on the forefront of my mind every day. Mm-hmm the hardships that it is to be a woman of color in America. And so it's good for me to be reminded of that. It really is. Uh, Well, thank you for that. Because you know what? I'll tell you what, raising kids is like the hardest thing in the world. Like Mm -hmm. it is the hardest. It is the hardest job I've ever had. It's the hardest job I'll ever had because it feels so weighty. And it is, there's a lot of responsibility there, right? I mean, you know, you raise four kids, right? Latoria? Uh, there's when a lot of responsibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard work, but I'll tell you, and I, and I have a feeling there's some other women who are white that listen to this that have children of color. There is an added pressure on that. And there should be, there should be, you know? Um, and so I don't take that lightly. So thank you for sharing that with me. Okay. Thank you for asking, oh, Jamie. Man, you I'll know, take there's, it. Such, there's such humility in that. I want there's it. I want it. Let me tell you, I have been in Walmart one too many times and had black women just throw product into my cart and make wow. me buy it. No, I'm thankful. Thank you. It doesn't happen to me much anymore, but I'll tell you, when I first brought a story home, I'm not kidding. There was one example. I'll tell you this. It's kind of funny. Yeah. We ran into Walmart and she was probably three. So we're running mm-hmm. into Walmart before a soccer game. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I've learned. We've had the same hairdresser for her uh, for five years. So mm-hmm. I love Gwen. Yeah. I'm never I'm, I'm never losing Gwen. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Yeah. So, I've talked with Gwen about this before. And here's the deal is here I am white and my daughter's black and both of our hairs look a mess. Like <laughs> mine probably hadn't been combed. Hers was needing to be done. I mean, we were a wreck, right? Right. It's life. And these, these sweet ladies, they were so kind because people can be unkind. These ladies were so kind. And they're like, would you like some help? And I was like, I didn't feel like I needed help because it was uh-huh. just, we hadn't done anything for that day. I mean, you know, I was just like, give me a break. We just woke up. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, sure. And so I'm not kidding you. I was at $55 in Walmart when I came, I ran in to get like a bottle of water or something. And I come out with all this product. I come outside and Aaron's like, what were you doing? I was like, I just, I got some more hair product. Like I just got some product. But I talked to my friend Gwen, who does stories here all the time. And I was like, man, there is a responsibility if you're white and you have a black daughter because I am held to a bigger, bigger standard because there are many uh, black children who have black moms whose hair looks worse than stories and no one says anything to them. No, (laughs) but it's okay. I get it. I am not complaining. But Gwen and I laugh about that all the time because she's like, Jamie, People in here, they their hairs look worse than story. You're fine. Uh, you know, 
<laughs> or I used to feel guilty for not learning how to do Story's hair. Uh-huh. Like we take, I take her every three weeks. We get it braided, all kind of stuff. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I used to feel guilty about that. Like, oh man, I should just like. I don't have the time. Like I don't have time to do mm-hmm. my own. I get my hair cut once a year, Latoria. I don't have time for hair. Yeah. But I told Gwen about it. And she's like, Jamie, listen, a lot of black women don't know how to do their daughter's hair. They bring them to the salon. I was like, oh, thank you, Gwen. She made me feel better. So Anyhow, cool. I don't know where I got off on hair. No, nah, girl. Hair, listen, hair is a big deal. Ugh, your hair is, is beautiful. Big, thank you. But you know, I was raised like my mom and my aunt. It was another thing. It was just like, they were do-it-yourself women before do-it-yourself was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So braids and, you know, having your hair pressed and, you know, all of those things I just learned from from watching them. And being an artist, like, and I'm independent, like a hairdresser and a makeup uh-uh. artist is No, t- no money for that, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. But thank you. But yeah, yeah, I think as long as you keep your, your daughter's hair done and, you we know, do. her appearance up and all those things... Yeah. People like Gwen in her life, uh, yeah, you're yep, gonna be yep. you're gonna be straight. I love Gwen. People all the time out here are like, did your mom do your hair? She's like, no, Gwen. I was like, I do not even care. It don't uh, matter. As it does not matter. Good, right? <laughs> That's right. That is right. Shoot, you took her to get it done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it. Whatever it is could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today, I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Uh, okay, Latoria, here's where I ask my guests what they're loving and what they're reading. So what are three things you're loving? Okay, three things that I'm loving... So speaking of podcasts, mm-hmm. there's a there's a, a newer podcast that's out right now called uh, Truth's Table. I don't know if you've heard of this. <gasps> Someone just told me about this today and yeah. I just subscribed yes, today. Yes, yes. That is going to be so helpful for you, Jamie, raising a black daughter Ooh. because it's three black women and they're just, you know, speaking very freely, very candidly about their experiences as black women of faith. Brilliant women. Okay. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant women of God. Like they make me want to mentally, you know, just read five more books a year. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. But they engage issues and, and subjects throughout culture and just offer you some of what the black woman perspective can be. And so I think it would be helpful, instrumental, you know, in, in your life. It definitely is in mine. Um, Oh yeah. One thing that I'm loving. Yeah. Okay. Another thing for me is head wraps. Mm. are giving me life right now. They always okay. have, they always okay. have, but, but in my adultness, speaking of hair, when I don't have time to do my hair or I don't feel like doing my hair and I just want to keep it kind of braided down and tied down, I can throw on a head wrap and still look fly, trendy, and uh-huh. go do what I need to do. So I'm definitely enjoying that. And then okay. one other one is there's this Korean spa called King Spa. And okay. they, have them, they have them at different different locations throughout the country. But I know there's there's one here in Dallas. And basically it's like it's just a spa where you go and they have like all these different saunas and hot tubs where you can just go and kind of like detox and you just go and check in. You can spend like a whole 24 hours in there if you want to. And it's just 
whenever I am tight and wound up and need somewhere to just go relax and, and escape without going on a vacation. You go there. I go there. And I have. Man, I need theme. to find if there's one here in Austin. Yeah. Just Google it. It's called King Spa. Kings like king and queen. Yeah. Like K-I-N-G and then spa. Okay. It's, it's really good. I it's need really good. that in my life. It says yeah. it's in Dallas. Is that's where you go? Yeah. I go to the one in Dallas, but I think, I thought they had one. Okay. I'll look around. Don't worry. There, it might be another, it might be something similar. Cause I know that's one version of those types of spas that are out there. So even Ooh. if King Spa isn't one, they may, I'm, Austin. No, I think like, I found I, it. Okay. I was going to say Austin it's, seems like the, the type of place that would have something like that. Okay. All right. I'm going to look for it some more. Um, <laughs> okay. Spa wraps the podcast. Thanks for telling me a podcast. I love when I hear podcasts. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Are you a reader? I am. I don't get to read as much as I would like, but uh-huh. it's def- the the older I get, the more into reading I become. <laughs> yeah. What are you reading? Um, so the three that I've kind of started, I kind of change out just depending on the mood that I'm in. But one really good book is How Africa Shaped the Christian Mind by okay. Thomas Oden. Okay. Another one is actually uh, Lauren Chandler's, her her steadfast love that she Yes. Received. Yeah, yeah. Good book right there. On that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Oneness Embraced by Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Those are a couple of the ones that, you know, kind of in front of me right now. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to recommend a book to you. Okay. Oh. So I uh, am going to recommend a book called The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Angie Thomas. Okay. Okay. Now I was with Tasha, who we've mentioned several times. I was with her last night and I said, Hey, have you read this book? She said, no, I can't read it. I said, what do you mean you can't read it? She says too much right now. I can't do it. So she says she needed a break. Mm, so I'll let you know. Yep. Yep. So (laughs) um, I'll let you know. And she recommended me she told me a book called Warmth of Other Sons. Yes, that's on my that's on my to read list. I don't have it yet, but yeah. okay, that's what because yeah, because I Just Mercy. Have you read Just Mercy? Mm-mm. Oh, it is. It's top three book. Everyone in America should read it. Just Mercy. Just okay? Mercy. Writing it down. So she, yeah. So she told me she's like Warmth of Our Son is like Just Mercy. Is as oh. in it's important. You know. Got you. So The Hate You Give is by Angie Thomas, and it just came out, I want to say, oh, it says February of 2017. So it just came out this year. Okay. And I believe, I want to say it's maybe young adult, maybe, you know, like a young adult. It's kind of easy reading. Mm. I, I will say this is, I, I always have to do the disclaimer. It's a really heavy subject. Okay. And uh, there's some language in it. Okay. So there's okay. that. Okay. But I'll tell you, it says, I'll read the thing for you real quick. It says, 16-year-old Star Carter moves between two worlds, the poor neighborhood where she lives and the fancy suburban prep school she attends. Mm. The uneasy balance between these worlds is shattered when Star witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood best friend, Khalil, at the hands of a police officer. Wow. Khalil was unarmed. Soon afterwards, his death is a national headline. Some are calling him a thug, maybe even a drug dealer and a gangbanger. Protesters are taking the streets, da 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 And so it's through her eyes. And so... It's fiction, you know, but okay. it's not, you know what I mean? But it's real. I mean, yeah. That's, <laughs> what kind of category is that? Like, it's you know, yeah, yeah. It was so good. It was wow. so good. And so there's that. I recommend it. It's on my list. LaToria, this has been a complete joy. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Jamie. I've had fun. We need to, had we need fun to do too. this again. We do need to do this again. And um, next time I'm in Dallas, I'll have to hit you up and go to get coffee or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm all for it. Are you playing any time in Austin this year? Not this year. I did South by by Southwest like Uh the last three years, and I took a break this year. Yeah. Usually that's when I'm out there, South by, and then Uh um, there's like a – a minister out there, she she goes by, like her street name, if you will, is Lady Light. And um, she puts on – her and her team put on a Juneteenth celebration at one of the parks out there. I can't remember the name of it, but – okay. I'm usually out there for, for those two events, but this year has kind of been Crazy. taking some downtime. Yeah, it's it's album season for me, so I'm writing and yep. just preparing for that. So, yeah. I get that. My husband, Aaron, is a songwriter, and he's in okay. writing season right now as well, yeah. so I get it. Yep. It's real. Yep. It's, it's real. a real thing. It's real. <laughs> well, next time you come to Austin, let me know, and I'd love to come out to your show. For sure, Jamie. I yeah. definitely will. Definitely okay. will. Okay. 
until we see in real life again, which yes. I know that we will. Thank you so much for being on the happy hour. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a great conversation. Uh, that's so fun. And I'll put everything we chatted about, links, everything. It's always up on my webpage, jamieivy.com, so you guys can find it. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. You guys, I told you it was going to be good. And it was, wasn't it? You loved it. It was such a great chat with Latoria. And literally, I recorded this in early June. And I texted her on Saturday and said, you're not going to believe it. But our conversation has been on the calendar to go up this week since we recorded it. And I just think it's such an important conversation. And I'm so thankful for women like Latoria who are speaking about reconciliation and race issues and calling what happened in Virginia what it is. It is sin. It is disgusting. It is awful. And I'm thankful that she had that conversation with me. And I think that that's what we get to do right now, friends, is we get to have a voice and we get to say this is not okay. Guys, my hope for this show and every show, in fact, is that you would learn something, that you would love Jesus more after listening, and that you would be encouraged and inspired. And I pray specifically for all of you that are listening that are not women of color, that you would be encouraged to listen more to our sisters who are women of color. Guys, also, Latoria mentioned the podcast Truth Table, and I've been listening ever since she told me about it. And she's right. It's fabulous. And I've learned so much. In fact, I have been telling everyone I know to listen to this podcast. That's actually the review. I left a review for them this week. We also talked about Be The Bridge, and that is a great place for you to get started. If you're interested in having this conversation with a smaller group of girls, which I'm going to tell you, this is where change happens. It's when we begin to have conversations with people who look different than us in a very safe and open place. As always, guys, all the links to everything we talked about will be up on my webpage, and you can find all the information there because I know you're driving or running or doing dishes or half listening with kids on your hip. Guys, I'm so excited. At the end of this episode, we're going to play a bit of Latoria's songs. It's called Watts. And the idea is that just like a light bulb, we all have watts or the ability to shine light. It's a song encouraging believers to keep shining their light so that others would see their good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. And man, guys, we need that. We need that reminder. It's on Latoria's most recent album, which is called The Long Walk, Volume 1. We'll link to that on my webpage as well. And then Volume 2 comes out early in 2018. Guys, today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper. And the music is from Jason Poe and Latoria Wilson this week. Next week, my guest is Sarah Hagerty, and I love her so much, and you're going to enjoy our conversation. And then the following week, guess who's back? Aaron Ivey's back with me, and always fun when I get to have my man sit in on the show. You know, I always say there's only one man ever invited to the happy hour. Well, two, if George W. Bush ever says yes, but one man, and that's my man, Aaron. So he'll be back. We'll be talking about his new book, and we're actually going to record this at the happy hour in my backyard. Guys, enjoy the week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And hey, let's listen to a little Latory music. Here we go. Bring the bass. That bass. Let's work. It's getting dark. Time to turn the lights on. It's getting dark. Time to turn the lights on. Time to turn the lights on. Turn them lights on. Turn them lights on. And this is how it goes. Shining my light. Watch. Shining my light. Shining my light. Watch. Shining my light. You can't turn my light out. You won't turn me out. You can't turn my light out. You won't turn me out. You can't turn my light out. You won't turn me out. You can't turn my light out. Where I'm going, feelings in the GM and it's all up in my flowing. I plug into the source of power, oh, I'm magnificent. As I got to set us on the hill to shine a light before I'm in it. I charge to the max. Charge to the max. This electric love. It's all up in my track. <laughs> Don't that feel good? When you've been let out the cage, set free from death and been clothed in this grace. Giving new life and the joy they can't take. In place of the sorrow, hopelessness and shame. I don't need this track or a mic or a stage. approval alone is enough motivation to get in this word. Try to listen, no way, then I don't put in work. And it's all always Shining my light. Watch. Shining my light. Watch. Shining my light. Watch. Shining my light. 
Can't you hear this track crying? So sad. So many people planning on the planet out here. They slowly dying. Withering away because they ain't been exposed to much sunlight. And hope you got that light in you. Got that light in you. Hey, it's time to start blinding. Time to start grinding. Exposing the things that are dark. With your demonstrations and your interactions, you reflect the heart shape of God. Time to get started. Believer, these hurting people out here need you. Whether you're at work or play, have an answer in place. And remember what you're supposed to be doing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 